another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Adele Ravella. She's the CEO of Buyer Persona Institute and author of Buyer Personas, How to Gain Insight into Your Customer's Expectations, Align Your Marketing Strategies, and Win More Business. So, Adele, thanks for joining me. And thanks for having me, John. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you're a repeat guest, so um, the, the, the <laughs> listeners must, must have wanted more. So, well, that, that's good to hear. So you're, you know, I always love these because publishers want to push, push as much promise as possible into the book's uh, subtitle. So you're going to gain insight into your customers' expectations, align your marketing strategies, and win more business. Um, is that asking a lot from this uh, tool we call a buyer persona? Well, not at all. I think that's the only reason for doing buyer personas. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm was i actually kind of delighted that we were able to get that in. I know it's a long title, <laughs> subtitle to read. Uh, but, you know, I think, frankly, the problem a lot of people are having with buyer personas is that their goals for them are too small. And, and, and they're really not achieving enough because they're approaching the buyer persona uh, too simplistically, yeah. and therefore, you know, I, I I often wonder why why people even do them if if they can't get that much value out of them. Yeah, because you you definitely, I mean, they've they've definitely since you've been writing about uh, them for uh, a decade or so, it's become very vogue to talk about uh, buyer personas and and even avatars is kind of the new term that I see a lot of people using. And and are people really just using them as uh, sort of a uh, loose description of who they're targeting. Exactly, exactly. They're you know people are taking the the fundamental concept that's hardly you know innovative and or even necessarily that useful and saying you know we need to describe our target audience. Right. And so now you know we put a new label on that and called it a buyer persona or an avatar or, or whatever we want to call it. But the the fact is that the value of, of building buyer personas is, is actually uh, requires a little bit more effort than that and, and absolutely does deliver that promise that you read in the subtitle for the book. I do see, um, thankfully, um, some books being written and companies talking much more about this whole idea of, hey, we have to ask our customers you know, what they want. It seems like that's becoming a little more back in fashion, isn't it? Yes, and that was one of the main reasons I wrote the book is that, you know, I was seeing too many blog posts and websites and so forth saying, you know, just go around the company and kind of ask everybody who's our customer and fill in a template and call that a buyer persona. And so, you know, the most fundamental aspect of buyer personas is that you need to actually conduct interviews with your buyers. And so we have a unique approach to doing those interviews. And, and I wanted to, I wrote the book to actually, you know, open the kimono and show you everything I know about how to find the right people to interview, who you should interview, and then, you know, literally step-by-step, step, how do you conduct those interviews without building a script? And then how do you aggregate all, everything you learn from those interviews into something that's useful? Yeah, I've actually been doing that for years too, and you're and you're absolutely right. It's it's usually the question behind the question behind the question that that where you actually start getting something. Um, and, and if you go in with a predis you know predisposed script, um, you're probably going to get a scripted answer. And you're going to get yeah, and you know just like doing these interviews, right, John? I mean, you probably have some idea in advance what you're going to ask me about, 
but chances are the most interesting question is going to be derived from something I said that that got a little deeper on the topic. And this is why surveys don't work. This is why for buyer personas, this is why, you know, it's really a function of people being willing to have an open-ended dialogue with a buyer about a buying experience and then gleaning from that how the buying experience should go down and what we as a company can do to perfect that buying experience inside our company so that so that people want to buy from us. Yeah, and, and um, another uh, idea, I guess, that's become extremely fashionable again is this idea of the customer journey. And I, I want to I get to that in a minute, but I have a, a more technical question about building buyer personas. Um, can you or should you do this yourself? You know, I, I think you can. And and so, you know, I mean, we have a company, you know, 90% of our business comes from building buyer personas for right. people. So you might be surprised with that answer. Uh, but, you know, I think the answer is you can, but it's a unique skill. And you're going to have to invest some time and energy in learning how to do it. And for a lot of people, that just doesn't make sense. Either, yeah. you know, it's it's better to get someone else to do it because we don't have the time to do it or we don't have time to do it right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if you're not, it's like anything else, let's not do it at all unless we're really committed to, to learning something we don't know and doing it right. And the, and the answer may be somewhere in between too, because I, I do think that you, I, I know that in my years of working with small to mid-sized businesses, uh, one of our steps in our methodology was to do these interviews with, so a client would give us their, you know, eight or ten uh, clients that fit a description, and, and we would just have conversations with them. And I found that I learned more in those conversations about my client's business than I could for sitting down with the client for days or weeks. Um, <laughs> and, and so it was a great, lear- you know, whether I learned anything that was going to actually help develop the strategy or not, sometimes who, kn- who knows, but I certainly learned more about their business. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a, it's almost like cheating, isn't it, John? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that even a couple of interviews, you'll understand their business better than if you asked the company to, you know, sit down there and talk to you for several hours about what they think yeah, exactly. is important about their yeah. business. And so, yeah, as a consultant, it's, it's really an amazing experience to, to just go in and interview some of your customers. Customers, so, I would say that you got to be careful, though, because when the client gives you that list, my experience is, is that you're likely to get kind of their best customers, right. the customers that love them the most. Yep. And so we, we recommend, and it's in the book, you know, that you, you actually put some brackets around that request and say, look, I want to talk to people who really struggled with the decision and Mm -hmm. and either they chose you or they didn't i'd like to include some who did not because that's where we're going to learn the most about what we about what we need to do to adjust our strategy so as you build out these client uh these buyer personas and this is probably the money question uh quite frankly how do you build something like that that actually is actionable yeah, so and and so the first thing is is that you're interviewing people not about who they are but about a buying the exact buying decision you want to influence. Yeah. And so we we want you to walk through find a buyer who's made that decision recently, have them walk you through every step of that story about how they went through and and struggled with the decision to include and exclude certain companies from consideration. And, and the buyer's going to kind of hand you, um, out of that interview, 
the things that, that were the places in the in the buying process that were, you know, highs and lows for them in terms of being able to get the information they wanted. They're going to tell you about the barriers they had to choosing your company or even investing in this category of solution. And so, the, you know, done correctly, and I mean, we could talk about this for hours because there's a lot more. There's a huge chapter on this in the book. You're going to, the buyer's going to tell you exactly what you need to do to win their business. And that's what makes it actionable. So depending upon what survey you read, pretty much everybody agrees with this point, And that is that these days, 75% to, to 90% of the decisions made before perhaps you even know the buyer's trying to scratch a niche. Uh, that they go out there, they research, they go ask their friends. I mean, they, there's so much information gathering that happens in a lot of cases before a company is is really alerted. So what are the ways that you might be able to use, say, buyer personas to get involved in this customer journey You know, much earlier and, and maybe even the flip side of that, stay much later? Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I'm not sure that, I mean, out of the most alarming thing that we're seeing now is that buyers are becoming so independent about buying decisions. Right. It's a career sales and marketing professional. We've got to turn this around. In my view, and, you know, we interview hundreds of buyers every month, the reason this is happening is because we are just doing such a lousy job of being useful to right. buyers. And so, you know, we got to, we kind of have to get a reality check around here around if we want to insert ourselves in the buyer's decision earlier, then our number one requirement is to understand what's going on at those earlier stages, you know, interview people about it and figure out what in the world, we, where do we need to be and what did we need to deliver to that buyer at that point to have them even consider what we're telling them to be useful. Yeah. And what I find is that so many people um, are only addressing when that customer said, you know what, I have a problem and I think I know how I'm going to solve it. And and so then they go out looking for our product or our service. And I, and I think the people that are really winning are doing what you're talking about. They're actually building audience. You know, let's say we're after uh, small business owners. Well, mm -hmm. before a small business owner maybe buys I don't know, let's throw out printing. <laughs> um, at, you know, so many print shops are putting out information about how they'll be on time and the quality of their work and all this. Uh, but, but in many cases, the buyer has not even decided that printing is something that would be useful. Uh, but right. they do want to grow their business. They do want to go home earlier at night. They do <laughs> all those. And so I think a lot of times we, we neglect to address kind of the goals and the questions that, that people might have very early in the journey. And, and it's an art, but that's certainly how you make yourself useful, isn't it? Yeah, and the trick is, John, if we go too high level and we say, oh, we just want to help people grow their business. I yep. mean, you know, every business, every company in the world that's marketing to a business is trying to help them grow their business. So it's finding that sweet spot in the middle between, you know, we don't, in your example, we don't want to just talk about the fast fact that we deliver on time and on budget with our printing solutions. And we also don't want to go out there and just say, hey, we're going to help you grow your business right. and print's the way to do that. And so the very first question in every interview we conduct is the only one that's scripted and it goes like this. Take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to look for a new printing company and tell me what happened. And, and then we kind of back the buyer up a little bit in that part of the interview and we get him to talk about 
what that what magic happened in their head when that connection occurred between I need to grow my business or I need to you know reach my audiences more effectively and printing is a way to do that and so we're trying to that's what we call the priority initiative insight we're trying to figure out what made this a priority for the buyer and and it's so it's and and, and you know again it's like it's like cheating because the buyers will tell you if you take that starting point, you back them up a little bit, they'll tell you what happened to make this suddenly become a priority for them. There um, has been a lot of talk in, I think, recent years about this idea of uh, you know, making the customer the hero <laughs> of the journey. And, and, and I th- you see a lot of advertising now that's driven by, and, and not just holding them up you know, as the hero, but, but kind of in story. Um, you know, the hero has a guide, generally speaking, and, you know, throughout all mythology and all drama and all story. Um, mm-hmm. how, did, first off, does that does that idea resonate with, I mean, and, and align with the work that you're doing, or um, is it counter in some way? Well, you know, it's funny because people always want to talk about what's the outcome, right? And mm-hmm. so are we going to now tell stories, and are we going to make right. people heroes, and you know, the the answer really is it depends. I mean, our clients are dealing with everything from very mature solutions to, you know, where they're competing for market share to innovative solutions where, you know, they're practically the only one delivering this kind of solution. And then there's everything in the middle, right? right. And so how you actually execute on your strategy is so dependent on what the persona tells you about what you need to do. And and I think, you know, I, I was joking recently, I'm going to do a blog post around this, that because I saw somewhere a poster for, do you remember the movie? I think Tom Hanks was in it called You've Got Mail. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. yes and yes, and yes. I don't know what year that was. I'll have to go back and look. But, you know, the fact was there was a period of time when getting an email was a good thing yes. and everybody got really excited. And so I, I, I'm sure that none of us today is excited when we get an email. We're like, okay, there's the delete button. And, you know, I suspect, and I'm too young to know this, that people were happy when the phone rang because nobody right. had phones and called them. And, and, you know, we've been through the content marketing thing. Oh, we just need to be content marketers or, oh, we just need to tell stories and make the customer the hero. And, and I think that all of those sort of one-size-fits-all, this is the new idea, we need to jump on this bandwagon, really begs the question that, we don't under, we need to understand for our buyer and our technology or our solution or our product or whether you're selling flowers or bread or or you know computer systems you've really got to understand your buyer well and to know enough to know the answer to that question so if i'm a uh, as i listen to you talk about the personas you know i think a lot of people think in terms of okay, we're going to use these to craft the overarching strategy for the business or for at least the marketing. Uh, and, and certainly there's a place for that. But do you also find people saying, okay, we have a new product launch or we want to go into a new community or we want to um, extend uh, a service offering to our product? I mean, do you find people uh, getting much more uh, granular and, and, and then using the personas in different ways for very specific uses like that? Absolutely. And uh, the fact is, the more granular your objective is with respect to the buyer persona, the more specific you can be about what you want to discover and the more valuable the insights will be. 
Cause and I, I, so I, yeah. we encourage people to do that. I was going to say, because you do, you do see a lot of people thinking in terms of like, this is a one-time thing we do. Um, and, you know, and then we know who the persona is and we use that in everything. But uh, you're, you're suggesting that it's almost an exercise that should be applied at the start of maybe any initiative. Absolutely. And, and you know, that was, that was actually the objective in, in writing the book was to make this accessible to people so that, you know, for the price of a book, which isn't much these days, you know, anybody could go do this that just wanted to commit themselves to it. Because the reality is if you're a small business, you know, this, this may not be something that you're going to really be able to afford to hire a company to do. And, you know, so if the buyer, if the target audience changes, if the buying decision changes, uh, if, if there's, the market has shifted in a way where there's a different kind of a set of options that your customers have, all of those are indicators that you need to go do the research again or yeah. anew. You know, and I deal with a lot of very small businesses. And, and when you, you know, one thought that I just had as you were saying that is, is a lot of people think of this kind of stuff as just being for really large businesses. And there's no question they employ it and they have a whole department and they bring in people like you to, you know, to help them with that uh, because they have the budget to do that. But imagine just getting one or two insights, what the, what the competitive advantage that would be in, you know, because you're, because the, the people that a small business owners typically competing against aren't doing this either. Exactly. No, that's, you're right on, you're right. Exactly, John. No, that's the whole point. It's so funny. I just responded to an RFP today and the company said, we want to see a case study for a company just like ours. And I wrote back and said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you know, we can't share this with any of our competitors work with you. You guys are, you guys are smoking something over there. <laughs> so how does, um, um, how does a, a marketing department fashion or change their content um, really with, with the intention of the buyer and knowing that the intention of the buyer changes kind of along the journey too. I mean, how do you map that, content to stages or whatever we might call of the decision-making process? Yes, that's a, that, so the, that's such a fascinating question, John, and I get asked that all the time. And I find that there's less change or less predictable change in the buyer's appetite for different types of content through the buyer's journey than most people would think there is. And yeah, it's one of the biggest surprises we've determined. And and you know what's really hard about it is that at, you know buyers go through these journeys willy nilly, yeah. and it isn't like this nice. I mean, there's all sorts of graphics where sure. people will show you this nice little stepwise funnel, and it and, you know it looks like a sales funnel almost. And yeah. now we've assigned that the buyers somehow think that way. You know, buyers essentially go through three steps. They go through I got to go, you know, I've got a problem and this kind of solution might solve a problem. And then they go out and they look around for all the companies that might solve that problem. And then they go through a step where they start reducing the number of companies down to the one they're going to choose. So there's three steps. And, you know, if, if it's a com- if it's a long buying decision that, you know, that one where they reduce companies might take a year. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really three steps, and yet the, the information that would affect them to make the decision that they should even invest in this will change from the place. But after that, 
you know, they're really looking for, are you the company that's a fit for my needs? And and it doesn't shift that much. Maybe the level of detail gets a little bit greater, but the message and the fundamental strategy to position your company as a perfect fit for that isn't as isn't as nuanced as people think it is. So some of the tools that you've talked about and your process um, can be found uh, for those that want to do it themselves uh, in addition to the book at Buyer Persona Institute. Is that right? Yes, buyerpersona.com. You can, uh, we have, we have an online workshop or there's, gosh, all, like you said, it's hard to think of that, but 2006 my blog goes back to, I didn't realize that until you said it just now, John. It's making me feel old. Well, I've been doing it since 2003, so, you know. I, there I, you go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sort of like being called the grandfather of uh, some of this stuff now, I think. Um, so speaking of that, since we, you know, we're, we're going to stay, we, we're going to, even though we've been doing this forever, we're gonna, we uh, intend to stay relevant. Um, what's the marketing landscape look like either because of this discovery or because of this work or just, you know, your view of kind of where we're headed, um, you know, as, as the buyers continues to seize more and more control of the process? Well, it depends on whether I'm in my optimistic mode or my pessimistic <laughs> mode. So we'll, we'll stay with the optimistic side today and say that, you know, companies are going to recognize that, that just like the customer, you know, there's been a lot of emphasis over the last decade or so on the customer experience, like yeah. what happens after I buy your product? Is it a really right. good experience? Right. Right. And I think we're going to see that same kind of shift in attitude about the buying experience. And that there's going to, companies are going to realize they can, they can compete with the big guys and can win on the, just strictly on the basis of being the most useful to the buyer, helping that buyer make an informed decision and choose them. And, and, I, and, I, and as that happens, I, I think we're going to start to see that graph, that shift where, you know, buyers are 80, 90% of the way to the buying process before they ever talk to vendors. Because we have conducted interviews where buyers, straight out at the very beginning would call the vendors because they had trusted vendor partners mm-hmm. and they wanted them to help. They wanted the vendor to help them understand what they should be looking for. Yeah, that's and, a really, and so it's, yeah. it's really all about how we become useful to yeah. the buyer. Yeah. That's a really great point too, because I mean, think about um, even, even people in your own life that, uh, you know, I always use the example of, uh, uh, we had a real estate agent years and years and years ago that um, just knew like if you needed, this fixed or this taken care of or this idea, I mean, she knew everyone and could give you the best recommendations. And so consequently, people just went, you know, years after they had purchased uh, a home or done a transaction would keep going back to her because she was so useful. And I think that's, uh, that's obviously a really granular example, but I, I think that that's, that's an idea uh, that that's a pretty important idea regardless of the size of the business. And it's a perfect example because then if you did want to list your house, exactly. Who are you going to call? Yeah, you're not going to make a short list um, yeah. at all. And I think that that applies really to uh, to you know companies that are selling products and services. Become that trusted advisor, and uh, you'll you know you'll be the first phone call. That's it, Adele. Thanks so much uh, again for joining me. And uh, buyerpersona.com is where you can check out uh, not only Adele's work but uh, some tools that she has there, and then uh, the book Buyer Persona can be acquired pretty much anywhere they sell books. So Adele, thanks so much, and hopefully we'll see you out there on the road. 
Thanks, John. Thanks for having me back. 